Welcome to the Sages Among Us. What makes a community great? Most importantly, it's the people who live and work there and are engaged in community life. The Sages Among Us focuses on those people, what they do and why they do it, and celebrates the leadership, time, and energy they bring to making a positive difference for all of us. And indeed, welcome to a live broadcast of The Sages Among Us from KVMR. I'm Keith Porter, your host tonight, and my guest today is David Krikorian. David's a former professional pilot and flight instructor. He's a real estate broker and developer, well, former, and a founder and owner of the 1849 Brewing Company in Grass Valley. So, David, welcome to the hot seat on The Sages Among Us. Oh, thank you, Keith. Great Glad to, to be here. And great to have you here. Um, so I'm going to share a little bit more of your background, just a bio sketch very briefly, and then uh, let's get into what uh, your involvement in the community and uh, and what you do and why you're here and, and for that matter, who you are. Okay. So uh, you uh, were born in Oakland. I think your family moved to Pleasanton uh, out of, into the suburbs uh, for school, for you to be in a, a better school or a district that they thought was better. Yes. Um, you are very involved in sports as a kid. You loved baseball. Uh, you went to UC Davis as a pre-med student, but frat life got in the way, and you ended up getting out of there all right with a degree in exercise physiology, but not that medical degree. Nope. But uh, your father was in the, the flying business. Uh, you got a pilot's <coughs> license. You did some flight instruction, charter flights, that sort of thing. And then you decided real estate had more money in it than becoming a <laughs> pilot. So you, uh, you got into the real estate game, uh, did commercial real estate management and development uh, in the uh, Bay Area, I think Contra Costa County mostly, if I remember right, um, for well, your working career. And then in 2006, you came to Nevada County uh, where you built your home. You established uh, some acreage with a vineyard on it, and uh, in 2018, you uh, founded and uh, started 1849 Brewing Company in Grass Valley with your son. And to top all that off, you're one of our newest broadcasters at KVMR right here. You just got certified here in the last few months, right? I did. I did. I'm Uh waiting to get a show. Well, I, uh, I described you in one case as kind of a serial entrepreneur because you're always doing something uh, on your own, entrepreneur. Got to stay busy. Said you never received a paycheck in your life. You always, uh, you always had different forms of income through all your other ventures, right? I did. I had to, I had to make a living, you know. I mean, uh, it was kind of a, an interesting life when you think about it that, uh, you know, most people get a paycheck and some people, like me, I had to work on commission the whole of my life. So. Oh, darn. <laughs> you seem to do all right. I made it work. I made it work. I was very fortunate. Let's put it that way. Well, let's go back. Let's go back to your early years in Oakland and Pleasanton. What were your, your interests and involvements as a kid besides sports? Oh, gosh, I wish, well, the one regret I have in my life is that I, I, you know, back in the day when they allowed the bands that happened in in grammar school and they would teach you instruments, I was was given a violin and said, hey, because I wanted to play guitar, and they said, well, hey, play the violin. (laughs) It's got strings. uh, (laughs) It has strings, and maybe you can learn how to play a guitar after you learn to play a violin. Well, I didn't care for that very much because I wanted to play sports, so... I regret now because I really wish I would have continued with that. That's my, like I say, my one regret as a kid. Yeah, and in my time at that range, I got to play the trumpet, and I, I enjoyed that through high school. That was really, that well, was really good. I took the trumpet up after I took up the violin, and I didn't like the trumpet very much. I preferred, you know, I think I preferred rock and roll way back when. So you know, that was my thing, and even I didn't even know what rock and roll was back yeah. in the early '60s. You got know? to have that guitar. Yeah. <laughs> so what kind of a kid were you? Studious and serious, maybe more of a rebel that got into a bit of trouble now and then. I mean, as a little guy. 
Yeah, well, uh, I guess the statute of limitations is over on that one, so I guess I could say that I was yeah. like kind of a little bit of a stinker, you know, but uh, I was studious, too. I mean, I was a good student. I always got good grades. You know, I was not uh, not somebody to, to flaunt being, you know, that, but I did I was mischievous in, in, in a way. Somehow I suspected that, having gotten a little bit acquainted with you, that that might be the case. Yeah. So, um, so you had uh, siblings. You have a, a brother? I have one brother, yes. Yeah. Well, I, actually, I had two brothers. One brother who had uh, Down syndrome. He was born with Down syndrome and uh-huh. died very young. So I really, really only had one brother. Well, well that had to complicate your early life a bit uh, then, huh? To a certain extent, my parents put him in a, in a home real young. So I really didn't even know him. I met him one time before he passed. So. Really? So. Okay, but hard on the family, I'm sure. Yeah, it was very hard on my dad, especially. All right, so but you did say you loved sports, and at one point you aspired to become a pro athlete? Well, I did, until I figured out that I was not the right physique for being a pro athlete. Cause really? I'm a little too short, you know, but uh, um, I played it, played it really good. I thought I was great, but, you know, of course, we all think we're good when we're playing high school sports. Yeah, I know, know there are some five-foot-six point guards that are pretty, pretty spectacular <laughs> in the NBA. Did you like basketball? No, or, I, um, bat- I was really vertically challenged when it came to basketball. I don't know about a point guard five-foot-six. But, oh, there are some. Uh, I played five foot six second base, and you know, uh, and until Mike Gallego was in the league, I thought that that was too small. You know, everybody wants a person around five ten. You know, so yeah. Oh well. I have a story about that, but I, I don't know if we should get into it. But it was it was I was in a uh, summer league program, uh, baseball program, and uh, it was like the top program at the time. It was called the Connie Mack League. Oh yeah. And um, I was playing, and I was. There was a lot of scouts that would come to the game, and one time I overheard the scout talking about a player on another team who was a really good shortstop. And uh, I heard what he said. He says, well, he's great. You know, he's got a lot of good talents, but he's too short. And I went, and he was taller than me, and I went, that just burst my bubble right then and there. Oh, shucks. Man, I don't know. That's (laughs) that's hardly fair. I know, but, you know, you figure, okay, as a kid, you don't know any better, and you you, you hear it from a scout who's looking, you're looking at him and looking up to him and going, okay. I guess maybe it wasn't meant to be. Well, it doesn't. You, you had a successful life um, despite that. Yes. You, early setback. We all got to get over those, I guess. Uh, any other special memories of your high school years, things that were important to you? <laughs> well, besides getting into a little bit of trouble as a senior because I got senioritis, um, pretty much my high school, I did well. I was accepted to UC Davis. So, yeah, you yeah. know, after I got accepted to Davis, I kind of just let everything just fall off. You know, I just partied and had fun as a kid, you know, and... Uh, isn't, Came isn't, back to bite me because I got kicked off the baseball team because of it. Oh, so. really? Oh. Oh. <laughs> but uh, so that's that's not a highlight, but uh, it was one of those things that happens when you yeah. you know when you do things the have, the wrong way. Did you have early girlfriends in high school? Not really. No, I was I was kind of shy. So. Sport, sports and yeah, and grades up to a point. <laughs> All right. Well, you said, uh, I mentioned, I think, you started UC Davis as a pre-med student, but uh, found conflicting interests between academics and frat life. I did. (laughs) And uh, didn't end up with the grades you needed to get into medical school, but you did get your degree in exercise physiology. Um, what was what was special about your college years at Davis? What's memorable? Well, the most memorable thing is that uh, I, I... even though I was in a fraternity, and uh, it may have caused me to not get the grades I needed to get to med school, um, my f- the friends I've made in, in that fraternity life, uh, I've kept to this, to this day. In fact, they're really my only friends that I've got are from my college years. So um, I think I, I benefited a lot from 
the out of classroom experience that I got by being in that fraternity, you know, learning to live with people. We lived with 30 guys in a house, you know, and yeah. uh, you learned uh, the, the little nuances that you have to deal with with people. And uh, I think it made me a better, uh, you know, social person, you know, and uh, yeah, we partied, but you know what? Every one of us graduated. So, I mean, even though we had a what we called our animal house at the time, because when Animal House came out, I mean, yeah. we could see a lot of similarities between <laughs> our house and that house. Yeah. But uh, the difference was that we didn't have any Bluto's there. We all graduated, and we all have done very well in life. So, Well, that's good. You obviously created a port support structure for each other and uh, prospered from yep. it. So, I think so, yeah. We so, were... sounds, sounds like a pretty mature thing to do, well, <laughs> in the end, anyway. I think we were mature, even though we, you know, we still had that rebel side of us. We all wanted to have fun. So. Well, good. One should, yeah. <laughs> in my humble opinion. <laughs> so later, I think after after school, your father bought a, pl- a flight school, uh, and then you got your pilot's license and became a flight instructor and did some charter flying. Yep. Um, you even thought about becoming an airline pilot, maybe specializing in teaching pilots about exercise physiology. It sounds like an interesting specialty. Yeah, we, when my father got to know, uh, he was a CPA by trade, so what he did was he was uh, using, he would, I don't know how he found this flight school. I think it was because when I'd gone and got my private license through this other school that was next door, um, he just started talking to the guy who wanted to sell the business and finally, you know, decided to buy it or he bought it from him. But the guy who was on the other school that was next door was a pilot for United. And so I started talking to him, and he says, oh, man, you got to become a pilot, boy. That's, you know, you work 20 hours a year, month, and, you know, it's just a lot of fun and blah, blah, blah. And I went, wow, well, that sounds interesting, you know. And then he was the one who said, you know, you, you got to get your degree and, you know, and uh, build up your hours. But, you know, hey, yeah, if you can, uh, you know, if you can teach our pilots the, to how to exercise when they're just sitting on their butt the whole time, you know, yeah. it's not a bad thing. You know, yeah. there might be some big use for that. I don't know if it's ever happened since, but uh, it was something I was really seriously considering, yeah. So it sounds like another entrepreneurial venture that didn't happen, but could have. <laughs> yeah, it could have. It didn't. Uh, I went another direction, but uh, well, yeah. I, I think if you talk to uh, Southwest pilots right now, you'd find that being an airline pilot ain't all it's cracked up to be at I, times. I, I have really talked probably, to some. Yeah. I know, and I don't think I would have been a good pilot. Okay. <laughs> so um, you're listening to the Sages Among Us on KVMR. I'm Keith Porter, and my guest today is David Krikorian. He's a former professional pilot, as we were just saying, and flight instructor, a real estate broker and developer, founder and owner of the 1849 Brewing Company in Grass Valley, and also his own vineyard uh, uh, and his own little estate right here in Nevada County. But before we get to that, um, let's keep going through your history a little bit. You spent over 20 years in commercial real estate investment and development. Uh, why the move into real estate? What, what drew you there? Well, as I said, uh, my dad was a CPA. What he did, and all of his clients were either doctors or dentists, and uh, they had a lot of uh, discretionary income that they needed to invest, you know, so that they could take tax write-offs and stuff. So, right. in essence, back in the '80s, when before syndication became a bad term, uh, that's what we did. We put together partnerships. Uh, we would take their money and buy you know, either a building or, or, or land or whatever and uh, make it an investment for them. So that was what, and so he needed a real estate person to, to, to do that side of the, the thing for him. So that's what I ended up doing. I thought, wow, that's interesting. Um, I will, I'll go for it. So You went, went back to school, I assume, got your broker's I, license, I that did. sort of thing. Yeah. I did, yeah. I had to go back and take about five classes through uh, the JC down there in, in Hayward. So. Yep. So 20 years or so in that industry, right? yep. uh, was that, were those good years? Did you enjoy it? No. 
<laughs> really? <laughs> Let me put it this way. I enjoyed I enjoyed um, the money that came in because it kept me alive and I had a family and I needed to support them. Um, but to tell you the truth, it wasn't really my cup of tea. I dealt with a lot of people that I would rather not have dealt with, uh, mostly in the political arena. And so it was one of those things that I just... Uh, <clears throat> You know, I, I did it. I mean, it was great working with my father, um, but uh, I don't know. If I had it to do over again, maybe I would have stayed in the uh, airline pilot stuff. Really? <laughs> okay. Well, there. I don't know. Now, you heard it here first. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, in, any major developments, things that people might recognize that you were involved with in uh, in that part of the world in that time of your life? <clears throat> well, the only the only project that really actually came to fruition that was a good a big project was a project out in American Canyon where we did, designed and and started construction on 113 single family homes. Okay. It was called Gateway Village. It's still there, and uh, but we sold the project after the first phase to a to a builder because, uh, you know, we weren't really builders. Yeah. We were developers, so we could do the mapping and, and, and infrastructure work. But when it came to building houses, that wasn't really our forte. So, in essence, it was better to find a builder to take over the project. I also We also planned and tried to get approved a 5,000-acre project outside of the city of Danville in the county of Contra Costa. It was called the Tassara Valley Property Owners Association. I know it, know it well. Lived in Danville for no, a while. Okay, so you heard about the TVPOA. Mm-hmm. Well, we were, I was the vice president in charge of you know, helping on the board trying to get this thing approved. And, and that's where I found out that uh, it's a political game that you can't win unless you've got a very, very deep pocket. Yeah. And uh, we didn't have the deep enough pocket. Well, so you've named some of the things you didn't like about that job, but what, what, what was good about it? I mean, for 20 years you did it. What, what Did you enjoy any parts of it? You know, I did something different every day. Let's put it that way. I wore a lot of hats. Yeah. I learned a lot. Um, I, you know, I was not only a real estate broker, but I was a, you know, almost a builder. I never actually took a hammer and pound nails, but uh, I did almost everything else that was involved in building homes. We did office buildings. I managed office buildings. I was an owner's rep for couple uh, um, um, medical office buildings in the city of Oakland, and uh, one in San Leandro and one in Oakland. And, uh, um, so I learned a lot. I learned how to, you know, luckily I think some of my uh, stuff that I learned back in college about socializing and, and, and learning the, the nuances of people might have came to, 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 you know, help me out in that uh, arena because I was able to, uh, to kind of read people and... Uh, not always did I get my way, but you know, you know, it was it was an interesting kind of thing. I mean, it was very stressful, but yeah. it was interesting. But Great. yeah, well, so you've probably answered this question in a way. But you left commercial real estate, I think, in two thousand and four when your father passed away. Uh, how did you make that decision? Was that a slam dunk? Well, we had that project. We had a pro- property that was in that TVPOA, and when we sold that property, my dad had just he signed the papers, but I think a couple months before he passed away. Um, and that pretty much, you know, put the nail in the coffin for real estate development for me. I mean, we, we were at one point in time um, filling a gap. There was a lot of builders out there that did not want to deal with mapping pieces of property. They wanted to get a final mapped or either a tentative map or final mapped on a piece of property and then and run with it from there. They didn't want to go through that, pro- that politicking yeah. and political stuff you had to go through to get to that stage. So. Right. They started doing it after that. The big builders started knowing that they had to do that, so they would put together their own group and, 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 and deal with mapping. So pretty much that was taken off the table. 
Um, and as I said, I wasn't really interested. I for. 20 years prior, I, I wanted to have a vineyard, you know, I, I, mean, uh. I really wanted to get outside. And so we started, my wife and I started looking for land um, back in the late 80s, early 90s, you know, and uh, we started in the um, Napa, priced us out so fast, it was not even crazy funny, but yeah. then we went to Sonoma. Again, we were priced out of the marketplace. I wasn't ready to, to buy at that point in time anyway, but still, you know, the prices were just going through the roof, so... We started looking in the foothills, and that's where we ended up here. So how did, that was in 2006, I think, that you actually moved here, right? We moved here in 2006 after my kids got out of high Well, my two oldest kids got out of high school. So okay. We let them graduate high school in San Ramon, and then my two youngest we brought up here. So okay. we waited until it was six to actually come up, yes. So you built your home. You put your kids in school here for their final high school year, Last I two guess. years, yeah. Plan, <clears throat> planted two. a small vineyard. Um, why did you choose Nevada County? Well, let me say this. I went from we started my wife and i started in sonora and we worked our way up the 49 trail all the way up until we came up here but this place felt like home i mean it was something about grass valley i didn't even know grass valley existed five years prior really i I had no clue i had a a cousin who lived in auburn he he was talking up auburn you know so we came up to auburn i had a friend who lived in auburn so i had been up here once before but i'd never taken the drive up to grass valley um, so when I hit Grass Valley, I mean, after seeing what I'd seen in the southern part of the county, you know, 49 Trail, it was it was a no-brainer. This place was a lot nicer than any of the places I see we looked at. Wow. Well, I'm proud you'd say that. That's yeah. kind of cool. Um, and so, I'm not just saying that just because we're on the radio. Today. I, mean, I really, really meant that. We really love this uh, place. It's, it's not just to attract customers to 1849 Road <laughs> Company. Which we hadn't talked about yet. No, so. we haven't. We're getting there. We're getting there. We're getting there. We're getting there. Uh, but uh, first, what was it like to settle into the new community? I mean, that would have been something different. You were, you know, you grew up, did all your work experience growing up, your adulthood in urban area, more or less. Contra Costa is pretty urban. Um, this is different. Uh, how was it? Well, I, I loved it. I, You know, when I moved from Oakland to Pleasanton, I mean, I, I was a city boy, right? I was in really downtown, not downtown Oakland, but uptown Oakland, if you will, but still in the city. We moved out to Pleasanton. Pleasanton was 14,000 people. It was rural. Well, not as, anymore. <laughs> not well. It grew a lot since we while we were there. But I mean, I'm just saying it was just one of those cities that you know it was a rural community, and I fell in love with being in a rural community. And so moving up here, even though I was in Danville for 20 plus years, um, Danville was a rural community when I first got there, but it was not a rural community when we left. Um, and then so I'm just starting over again in Grass Valley. Was saying, wow, I'm back in a place like Pleasanton was yeah. Yeah. In, in the 60s. You know. So, um, you're listening to The Sages Among Us on KVMR. I'm Keith Porter, and my guest tonight is David Krikorian. Uh, he's the former professional pilot and flight instructor, real estate broker, developer, founder and owner of the 1849 Brewing Company, and a new broadcaster at KVMR. We're going to talk about all of that in the last 10 minutes or so that we have here. But, um, so, back to getting here, you, 10 years ago, you opened, no, not you got here more than 10 years ago, right. but then 10 years ago, you opened Deo Volante Vineyards on your homestead. Um, and tell us about wine. Now, you built a brewing company, but you're also a, a wine guy? <laughs> I still like wine over beer. I'm a, I mean, I drank my share of beer in college, but uh, you know, but it was all Budweiser and stuff like that. So, um, but craft beers. I mean, back in the back in the mid '80s when I met my wife, it was one of those things where I really wanted to open a brew pub. Um, I thought it was going to be one of the things that you know was my on, on my bucket list. Yeah. But my wife gave me the ultimatum. She says, "Well, you either have a brew pub or me." And so Whoa. I ended up, except taking her instead of the brew pub. 
never you, thinking that it would, would ever come to, to fruition. A, you want to send a little love message to her? And that I just, yeah, she, just did. <laughs> I did. She's listening, and she, right. she knows the story. I've said it many times, yeah. but you know that it's the truth. Uh, and I'm glad I didn't because back then it was a very fickle industry. I mean, the craft beer industry has changed immensely from this was like maybe 88, 87, yeah. 88, 89 um, to the day where it's you know. There's a brew pub on every corner almost. Well, in a nutshell, how has it changed? What would you say is different? Well, I think the acceptance, the what the, what I've heard anyway, is that the millennial people, the kids have come up and decided that they'd rather buy, you know, a $5 beer that's good than pay, a, you know, a $2 beer that's, eh, you know. Yeah. I'm not going to badmouth the 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 big box beers out there, but, uh, you know, the craft beer industry has changed immensely. I mean, there's just the perception of it being, you know, um, made in a bathtub, gin, like kind of style, uh, has changed immensely with the people. The perception's better. So at some point you made peace with your wife, and yeah. you brought her to Nevada County, you got the kids through school, you got your vineyard, you got your home, and then you did get your brew pub. Well, I don't know. Is it not a brew pub? What is it? It's you, a brew pub, yes. All right. Well, so tell us about the decision to rebuild the old press rooms in the Grass Valley Union, the newspaper offices, into this pub. Where did that idea come from, and uh, you know what was it to implement it? Well, um, let me let me go back a step and say that uh, I wasn't thinking of making a brewery. I took my kid my son Kevin to school um, to get a degree in enology, hoping he would be a winemaker for me. He went to Fresno State, got his degree, and he calls it fermentation science, it's, yeah. you know, okay. because he said, hey, I learned how to ferment anything, right? So he comes home and he says, hey, let's do a brewery. Well, my wife wasn't on board with it that much, but now I think she's kind of accepted it. So we started looking around. We looked everywhere around in Grass Valley. We wanted to do it in Grass Valley. At the time, there was no breweries in Grass Valley. Us and Grass Valley Brewing were kind of working head-to-head. We didn't even know they were existing. I don't think they knew we were there until we all started putting plans on the table. Um, And then, you know, we couldn't find a place to locate. And then um, through just a happenstance, um, uh, I don't know if any—you may know Keone Allen. He's with Sierra Foothills. I know him well, yeah. Okay, he— Happened to meet me at another ent- uh, thing we were dealing with, and uh, he told the people at the union, he says, because they were pulling their printing press out, and they said, hey, we need something to go in here. And he goes, hey, how about putting a brewery in? And they said, hey, yeah, let's do that, you know. Uh. And uh, he contacted, uh, they contacted me through Keone, who happened to have my, had kept my card, I guess, um, and that's how it came about. So... It was serendipitous. I mean, we didn't. We weren't expecting to do go there, but when we saw the building, I mean, it was a mess. So we, but I could see through the mess. I, I was in real estate. I, I could see through a mess and see what the the, the what the potential was there. So well, it that's makes what we it, did. It makes it a unique setting. It's really quite uh, quite impressive. Uh, Thank you, you. You know, walking in that door, a big door, a uh, <laughs> yeah. big room. <laughs> yeah, a lot of activity. I know it's bigger than we expected, actually, but uh, yeah. it's, it's working out very well for us. So what are some of the positives of owning this business, and what's some of the hard stuff? The positives is I've met a lot of people. I mean, I mean I've always been a very hospitable person, you know, not to pat myself on the back, but, you know, it's just something I've always liked. I, I'm, I'm pretty good with people. Um, my wife is too, so we both work pretty well at glad-handing, and, you know, and, and, and I've really met a lot of people that I probably would never have met without this entity happening you know i mean it was it's been very fun i mean i really enjoy um coming in on the weekends especially you know listen i love music 
That's why I'm trying to be a DJ here. But, uh, yeah. you know, I love to – and we've got some great bands that come through there. So, you know, it's um, it's kind of fun. I mean, uh, I think Grass Valley was a great location for this brewery. I think uh, we're a big asset to the community. Um, the pitfalls are that we've, you know, there's a lot of things we have to deal with when it comes to owning a brewery. or And it's not really the brewery as much as it's the alcohol establishment. Right. I mean, the alcohol laws are very, very stringent. Um, and, uh, you know, you, if you don't follow them to the T, I mean, you can get spanked. And uh, we've gotten our spanking, so. Oh, well, sorry about that. <laughs> <laughs> but I guess you learn from those things. You know, right? I, I got a spanking when I was five years old, so I guess I get a spanking now when I'm 65 years old. So COVID, how did COVID affect your business? COVID hurt, hurt us a lot in the beginning. Um, when we had a shutdown, we'd only been in business a little over a year when COVID hit. And, you know, it was about uh, 15 months, I believe. Yeah. So we had just gotten going. We had gotten a good, you know, uh, momentum moving forward. And then, boom, they shut us down. The one fortunate thing is that we were a restaurant. So when they were able to open us up, um, we were able to open up fast. Yeah. The unfortunate part was that a lot of the bars in town didn't get to open up at the same time as we did, so we were getting clientele that we weren't used to, and uh, that caused an issue. Mm. Um, so, it, I mean, we did great. I mean, we actually did very well during the COVID year, um, year and a half or something. But that first, that year 2020, um, the restaurant saved us, in essence. Good. A couple of more personal questions briefly I want to come back to, just okay. for the record. Uh, any th- accomplishment or role in your life that you're especially pleased of, pleased with or, or proud of? My four kids. Your kids. <laughs> I mean, I, I mean, to think that I would have had four kids is kind of one of those things I never never thought in my wildest dreams. I, I When we first got married, I said, I, I'm, I'd be happy with two kids because that's all we had, my brother and I. But my wife wanted four. Guess who wins? <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, so, I, I've got designs on his. Kevin is your son that's running Kevin's the my, business, right? Yeah, my third I've got kid. designs on his fermentation science because my son-in-law and I tried wine a few years ago from grapes on our property. It didn't turn out very well. So I, I need to consult with him <laughs> next time we try it. Yeah, he's he's good at that. He's got a chemistry background, uh, minor too. So he's got a little bit of all that. But uh, Anything, anything, you maybe mentioned this earlier, anything you'd care to share about your life that in retrospect you'd do differently if you could do it all over again? Yeah, well, besides playing the violin, maybe. I've been, <laughs> I've been a great fiddle player, I think. It would be kind of fun. Yeah. But, uh, you know, I don't know. I, I, I think I've had a blessed life, really, to tell you the truth. I mean, I've gone through a lot of uh, you know, stuff that's, you know, could have knocked down on other people, I think. I don't know. I mean, I, I've actually had a charmed life in a lot of ways, too. You know, my dad and mom were, were upper middle class, so really, you know, it wasn't anything that we were ever hurting for food or anything like that. But they both came out of the Depression, and my both my parents lost their, their parents when they were very young. So, I mean, I, I mean they, they, they really were the ones who, uh, who struggled, and uh, luckily I've been charmed that I didn't have to go through those kind of problems. Very good. So, um, Great to be um, able to say that, isn't it? It is. It's very fortunate, you know. Beyond your business, what else you do in the community? How else are you involved in uh, western Nevada County? Well, that's a good question. I really don't know if I'm doing anything else in Nevada County, to tell you the truth, unfortunately. I mean, I, I mean, I, hopefully if I can get this gig here, you know, there'll be something else to there just share myself with. But uh, I think with 1849, you know, and uh, sharing as much as we can with the community there, I mean, that's, that's our big push right now. But what else do you do for pleasure? 
Besides, well, besides, you I like to eat. <laughs> <laughs> My, we like to. I, I mean, I, I'm not a big travel fan, but uh, I do like to, uh, you know, to go places and eat. Because oh, um, well, you're pretty trim for a five five foot six stature. Well, I also so I also exercise, so yeah. maybe maybe that's one of my things. As I my wife calls me an exercise junkie, so I oh, swim yeah. for exercise. In fact, went today and swam some laps. So all right, great. So what's ahead for you? Uh, more Gosh. retirement time? Uh, you get the business up and running and everything's e easy coasting? Yeah, I don't know. What about retirement, man? I, I'm not sure I can retire. You know, I mean, I'm, I'm like my father. My father worked until the day he died, and uh, um, I'm, I'm kind of like in that same kind of boat. I'm, I was kind of guessing that about you. Yeah. So, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll watch, the community will watch with interest. How about that? Yeah, okay, there you go, because I'm, I'm not sure I'm going to just – Sit down and and drink margaritas on the beach, but uh. last thirty seconds, genie in a bottle gives you a wish for this community. One thing you could do to improve the community, what would that be? Oh, that's a tough one. Um, you know, this community is great. Um, um, I mean, I don't know. I mean, I've lived in about four different communities in my life, um, and. I mean, I really like Grass Valley. I don't know if there's much improvement needed. I tell you the truth. I mean, I, there's always needs for improvements, but, uh, you know, I don't know. I mean, if I had a wish, it wouldn't be for improving the community. I think it's already there. I, All right. I'd prove myself, maybe, but that's about it. <laughs> so maybe I can call myself a good journalist because I stumped you with a question, huh? You stumped me for sure. I just, you know, maybe if I had another day to think about it, I'd probably come up with something. Or tonight when I'm in bed, I'll think, oh, shoot. All right. Should have said that. Yeah. Well, we can we can fix it in the podcast. I can edit it. Oh. I can have a podcast to show up. That's not fair. <laughs> hey, David. Thanks for joining us. I'm hey, Keith thank Porter. You. My guest today has been David Krikorian. He's a former professional pilot and flight instructor, real estate broker and developer, founder and owner of 1849 Brewing Company in Grass Valley, and a happy citizen of our community. Yes. So join us uh, every week for the Sages Among Us at 6.30 p.m. Thank you, Lori Burkhardt-Frank, for a quality engineering job tonight. She's a new broadcaster, too. David's a new broadcaster here at KBMR, and uh, we're just loving having all these folks uh, involved in community radio. Thanks very much, and listen to us again next week.